0: Good evening, everybody. I forgot to put my title up there, but we're on lesson number 10. Um, Good lesson for me and uh, a lot of us here. Uh, Dare to raise your children for God. Dare to raise your children for God. Um, Yeah, let's see. Joe is helping me pass out the things, so they might be a little around, I'm sure, so i have to look a little bit. So let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Tim, could you open us up in a word of prayer? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be, able to be
1: in your house tonight, and just a uh, this lesson now that uh, you just help us be able to stay attentive and focused on what what you have in it for us, and help John as he leads it, as soon as the that, uh, guide and direct and that and just um i pray for those that are not able to be here that you just be with them um, give them safety and then travel back to us and uh, or sickness and getting better mm-hmm. and um, let's give you safety getting home later and bring us back together again on wednesday
0: in jesus name amen 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 all right so yeah we're on lesson 10 dare to raise your children for god um Starts out with a verse, Third John chapter four. Uh, it says 3 John chapter four. Not sure what verse four, verse four of Third John, because there is only one chapter. Ah, it got tricky on me there. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Every godly parent will echo the verse above but parents and children alike need to realize that this does not come about naturally or by accident. One of the greatest responsibilities of parents is to train their children to walk with the Lord. And one of the greatest responsibilities of children, um, and this includes children of any age, is to honor their parents by walking with the Lord. So this lesson kind of, is paralleling um, David and his relationships with his sons in uh, particularly with uh, his son Amnon and dealing with the situation there uh, that Amnon sinned and just that whole situation. So, just how important it is of why you, yeah, we need to really take raising our kids seriously. Uh, if we want, if we really do want to see them uh, honor the Lord, it's no small responsibility, and it's not going to come about by any accident for sure. Because uh, we know David, as uh, Brother Mike was talking about this morning, was you know a man after God's own heart. He he is you know he wanted that for his children, but you do see uh, some mistakes with some of his first kids, and it seems like, yeah, he's kind of realized and seemed to have, uh, maybe make a correction there with Solomon, but, and and the Bible tells us this is a direct result too of, his, of David's own sin with Bathsheba, so, uh, raising kids is not just about raising kids. It's about our own lives as well. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. So certainly we can derive some principles uh, from these passages to help us in our relationships with our own children and with others over whom we have influence. The time available for training is relatively brief. We need to use this time wisely. In the old story, in 2 Samuel 13, David himself takes very little action. And this uh, deals with Amnon and uh, Tamar. And uh, so, yeah, David doesn't seem to take much action here even in some ways on maybe thoughtlessly or I don't don't know of how things went about, but even kind of helped out the situation there, Um, and then he reacts, he gets real angry when um, it is found out what Amnon did. But he himself never really took decisive action to deal with Amnon, or even really to protect or comfort Tamar. So we just really don't know what David's exact thoughts and reasons and all of that. But it does seem like maybe there was well, kind of just some permissive negligence on David's end of, he's got these bunch of princes, and he seemed kind of, especially on seemed kind of like a sickly pampered uh, guy and just maybe you know, let his sons kind of do what they want to do um, at that point in his life. So whether or not we can, we can kind of take some parallels there um, so we can learn three truths regarding being um, proactive in raising our children uh, for the Lord. So, so point number one, this kind of goes to what Dad was talking about this morning. Uh, point number one, make what? Resolutions. Make resolutions. Make resolutions. New Year's resolutions are seldom kept for long, but the principle is a sound one. It would be wise for families today to make some resolutions to live by. Uh, In Joshua 24, 15, Joshua made this well-known proclamation. Joshua 24, 15.
2: And if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods, which your fathers served, that were on the other side of the flood, were the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.
0: So may we make that that resolution that we, as families, will serve the Lord. And got to make the other resolution of there's some things that we just need to make resolve that we will never do this, um, and just make some firm decisions about. Um, how we're going to respond to some different, different things in our lives because things are going to come up. Um, just so we know, our children know what to do and where we stand. Uh, and the purpose—this uh, is the purpose of training, whether it be for sport or for war or for life. Bible always talks about life being a war. We need to prepare ourselves in a relatively safe environment so when we so when crunch time comes we know the right thing to do and we can do it instinctively so and then yeah this whole, whole goal of resolutions and training and um, tactics and that's all something you talk to anybody on well, military you train for instincts talked to my brother Tim they train for instinct shootings because when you get into that hot spot you're not going to take time to think about things and reason things out you just need to know what you're going to do when the time is when that time comes maybe we have those important resolutions so the two resolutions that we will discuss in this lesson are two of the most important things a parent can do if they are truly dedicated to training Children for the Lord. Point subpoint A, set the right priorities. Set the right priorities. We are busy, but somehow we are uh, we are all able to make time for that which is important to us. Although, although we do not know how much time David spent training his children, we do know that he was engrossed in fighting wars. Presumably, this consumed his attention. While it is true that kings were to go into battle, it could also be said that we can become off balance in our priorities. One of Satan's favorite tactics is to take something that is good and twist it or carry it to a harmful extreme. No career is worth losing your children to the devil. Children will always know what things or what pursuits hold the place of importance in a parent's life. The priorities of the parents good or bad will often become the priorities of their children Uh, the lord jesus said in matthew 6 33 seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things should be added unto you if parents will put god first one out uh, one outflow of this is that they will value the god-given needs of their children and will be attentive in investing in the lives of their children to the glory of God. Uh, When author Tony um, Campolo was a teenager, he and his best friend decided to have some fun at a five and dime store. They wanted to break into the store, not so they could take anything, but so that they could switch all the price tags around. The boys just thought, It would be fun to see the owners face when the people would try to buy bigger, more expensive items for a quarter and small, cheaper items for several dollars. As Christians, we can often feel that the devil is doing the same thing to us. We find our priorities a mess because we don't know what the correct price tag should be. We constantly waste our time with things that don't matter and are worthless in the grand scheme of things and we give a very small portion of our time to the people and to the things of our lives that truly matter. Even when it comes to our walk with the Lord, we spend a small amount of time with Him and spend most of our time living for ourselves. David's priorities were clearly jumbled when it came to his children, and his children followed his example. As parents, we must set the right priorities in our lives so that our children follow suit. Sub-point so B, set the right example. So may we set this priority in life, that we may set the right example for our children. This is the, this is the tough one. Parents down through the millennia have encouraged their children to do, do as I say and not as I do. But rarely has this advice been followed. Ultimately, our children will do as we do. We can tell our children to go soul winning, but if we never give out a track, that sound, that talks loudly. Uh, We can tell our children that church is important, but if they see us sleep through a service, that speaks differently. We can tell them that they should never smoke, but if they see us smoke, that sends a much stronger message. Our children catch so many things from our behavior that we never taught them through our words. Quote here, uh, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. I say that one five times fast. <laughs> and think about it too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it makes sense if you've, read it a few times. So your your walk, it talks, and your talk also talks. But your walk talks louder than your actual talk talks. Author unknown on that one. David no doubt told his son Amnon how he ought to live, but unfortunately his own sins taught Amnon all the wrong things. Amnon failed to follow David's good example, but followed his bad example every one of us is an example to somebody what sort of example are we setting and uh oh, i'm trying to remember who it was there's uh somebody was saying it's a quote from somebody that says you can do 10 good things and one bad thing and what one thing is is your child going to pick up and do it's that bad one So. Gotta, gotta really take it seriously about setting the example. Matthew Henry uh, gave these comments uh, in 2 Samuel 13 1 through 20. Uh, Godly parents have often been afflicted with wicked children. Grace does not run in blood, but corruption does. We do not find that David's children imitated him in his devotion, but his false steps by they trod it. And in those did much worse and repented not. Parents know how fatal the consequences may be if in any instance they give their children bad examples. Um, Yeah. We've experienced this with your... this with Joe, and you uh, and You talk with him, and you are saying stuff, and you're saying stuff, I'm talking with my wife, and I may say a little naughty word, what word does he repeat? I don't know, if he repeats that little naughty word. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's important. Paul was able to say to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Mr. Reader. "Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Uh, will, we be able, will we be able to say this to our children? Um, follow me even as I'm following Christ. Uh, quote here, one does not make an army cross the Alps one leads it across uh, and that's a quote from Napoleon after being asked how he made his army cross the Alps that, again he says one does not make the army cross the Alps one leads it across as our children observe our priorities and examples they should see parents who follow after Christ and wish to lead them in their spiritual walk with him all right it's a point or not a point point number two provide what restraint Restraint. provide restraint parents have a responsibility to provide restraint in the lives of their children and this is not politically correct today but the bible is pretty clear on this one and uh, it has uh, some very good very good merit and quick quick fruit from it. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9.
3: The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who could
0: know it? Since the natural man and the natural child as well, it is wicked and receives not the things of God, according to 1 Corinthians 2.14. Parents must set the right priorities and the right example, but furthermore must set the right boundaries. Children will often see restraints as barriers that are depriving them of freedom. As in the case this afternoon, Joe wanted to play, but it was time for his nap, because he was not being, he was tired, not being very nice. Um, But in reality, they are guards to ensure safety. Uh, Illustration of this, if you take a drive in the mountains, you'll notice that is a long, if it is a long and steep drive up to the top. Oftentimes the road is on the edge of, a, um, of drop-offs and because of that, the State Highway Commission has installed steel guardrails that are anchored to stout 4x4 beams. As a young child might think, remove those guardrails, they're blocking my view. An adult would understand that those rails are there to protect the driver from what could be a disaster. Parents must set up restraints in their child's lives to protect them from destructive ends. Subpoint so A, restrain their sinful nature. sinful nature. Restrain their sinful nature. The Lord gives us insight into the heart of Amnon, partly to remind us uh, that we all have a sinful nature. Amnon lacks safeguards in his life. Safeguards like guardrails on a hazardous road must be put into place to protect the child from giving in to the sin that will bring grief and destruction, and this is primarily the responsibility of the parents." Um, Kind of what Dan talks about as a jail. Parents must think ahead, uh, realizing that the way of the transgressor is hard, and that the transgression can often be prevented by proper precautions. David did not set up safeguards in Amnon's life, and and because of this, Amnon found a path of destruction. Satan tries to deceive parents into thinking their children are different and are basically good. Yeah. Seldom do children appreciate the rules and restrictions put on them by godly parents. But some, but the time will almost inevitably come when the children will look back on restrictions with gratitude. They will be able to see where their sin nature could have led them had those restraints not been there. So me and mom were talking about that the other day. Speaking of another, uh, of, another of David's sons, Adonijah, the Bible says his father had not displeased him at any time. First Kings one six. Uh, David, could you read that one?
2: And his father had not displeased him at any time, and saying, "Why hast thou done so?" And he also was a very goodly man, and his mother bare him after Absalom.
0: The word displeased here means troubled or grieved. It seems that David only spoiled Adonijah instead of training and disciplining him. In the way he should go, for for children's own good, many times parents need to keep them from having their own way, even if children do get upset, and they do get upset. Following their own way will often lead them into trouble, which the parents can foresee, but the children cannot. God brought judgment on the house of Eli because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. For Samuel three thirteen. A child's sin nature must be restrained by his parents through proper safeguards and loving correction. Uh, another National Highway Safety illustration. Uh, on their website, it says, In one year alone, the use of seatbelts in passenger vehicles have saved an estimated 12,546 lives. While many of us have received tickets for refusing to wear our seatbelts, the fact is that seatbelts save thousands of lives a year. We can refuse to wear our seatbelts because they're uncomfortable or a nuisance, uh, or we can submit to the protection they bring us. Restraining a child's sinful nature can be with, can be uncomfortable and quite often a nuisance, but the protection these restraints bring um, these restraints bring their hearts will far outweigh the temporary inconvenience. All right, sub point B, sub point B. Restrain there. The tedious first one? Nope. Uh, Influences is, uh, Influence is the last one.
2: Influence is the first.
0: Yep. Something Joe says all the time. He needs the shoes for this. Outside. Outside. Outside influences. Restrain their outside influences. Go outside. Go outside. (laughs) Some of the saddest words penned in all the pages of the scripture are the words but Amnon had a friend. There seems little doubt that Amnon would not have committed this grievous sin uh, had he not been encouraged by Jonadab. And You do look at that passage and it is like quite that's like Amnon didn't want to but then he had that friend that encouraged him um, like he wanted to do right uh, but he had that friend the influence of peer pressures have caused many young men and women to make choices they have regretted for the rest of their lives uh, quotes here. Tell me who your friends are, and I will tell you who you are. Nearness often leads to likeness. The Bible's admonition is clear regarding the influence in our compassions uh, that our companions have on us. First Corinthians fifteen thirty-three. Do not deceive; evil communications corrupt good manners. In Proverbs thirteen twenty. Either
1: he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools
0: shall be destroyed. So as, as hard as it is to see instances in the, in the Bible there, sort of the Amnon and real life situations of people getting good kids and not even kids, some of us uh, adults getting with the wrong crowd, wrong friends and them um, doing stuff that we want to uh, think about otherwise, how much uh, encouraging is it, how wonderful it is to see um, good friends encouraging each other, lifting each other, sharpening each other, uh, just like David and Jonathan. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 23 verse 16. Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. Um, You see that? Jonathan strengthened his hand in God. Amnon, sadly, had Jonadab for a friend instead of a man like Jonathan. Parents need to help their children choose friends who will influence them for God instead of against God. A true friend will be one who warns Um, not weekends. We can only wonder if David had an idea of what kind of friend Jonadab was to Amnon. Here again, David may have been too busy to pay attention. We don't know. Illustration. In the 1990s, uh, Bill Buford wrote a book called Among the Thugs, The Experience and the Seductions of Crowd Violence. He traveled to Britain to observe their soccer games since they were known for mob violence. He was amazed and disgusted at how they regularly vandalized things, stole from stores, and even murdered people. That sounds like some familiar stuff today with uh, different things going on here in America. He was able to interview a few of the fans while he was there and notice that Individually, they seemed to be friendly people, but as a crowd, they were dangerous. One of the fans said, soccer's a religion. Really? Saturday is our day of worship. Another fan stated, the crowd is is in all of us. It isn't an instinct or a need, but for most of us, the crowd holds out certain essential attractions. It is like an appetite something in which dark satisfactions can be found. It's crazy, this craziness. Often uh, reminds me of, uh, I think dad said this before uh, Halloween. Like wh- what is that really? Really it's to get in the crowd, to get lost in the dark, to do things you shouldn't be doing. So in his research, he found that crowd violence really doesn't have much to do with poverty as with forsaking um, your will individually to the power of the crowd. While restraining a child's sin nature and outside influences can be uncomfortable for both parent and child, this process will set up safeguards necessary to guide a child down a path of safety instead of destruction. Alright, point number three. Point number three. Teach what? Reliance. Reliance. Ooh, you're good. Proverbs 22, 6. I think it's me. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. One thing we notice in Amnon's life is that he didn't ask his father, David, for help when he felt he needed it. Instead, he took the counsel of a foolish friend. We like to think we are independent, but the truth is that we are much more dependent on others than we would like to admit. Every time we drive, we depend on others to use a certain level of common sense and to obey the traffic laws. (laughs) Working on my forbearing there too. Uh, Every time we make a bank deposit, we trust that money will be there for us if we need it. Since nobody is truly independent. It is imperative that young people learn to put their reliance on things, on right things, and on right people. The world teaches a, uh, a credo of self-reliance, but for the Christian, God's word says that in and of ourselves there dwells no good thing. Romans 7, 18. For I know
2: that, it, that in me, that it is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing for will is present with me but how to perform that which is good I find
0: not Then Proverbs 28 26
2: he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool but whoso walketh wisely he shall be delivered
0: and we see even in, in David's life you know your your father your heavenly father those people that really love and care about you um are there to help. Uh, and what the Bible say, uh, what Nathan is telling David of, you know, if you had need of anything, I've given you all this stuff. If you need anything more, I would have gladly given it to you. Um, we need to teach our kids that. And again, we need to set the example of, when we need that, we need to go to our Heavenly Father, we have any needs or struggles be able to just go straight to him. So with those concepts in mind it should be obvious that we cannot rely on ourselves. So uh, an illustration here on November 20th 1988 the Los Angeles Times reported that a woman was trapped in a car that was dangling from a bridge in the East Los Angeles in East Los Angeles one Saturday morning. Later, they discovered that the lady had fallen asleep at the wheel. As soon as she dozed off, the car hit a guardrail. There's a guardrail there. The entire car, other than the left rear wheel, was hanging off the bridge. A half a dozen passing motorists stopped, grabbed some ropes from one of their vehicles, tied the ropes to the back of the woman's car, and hung on until until the fire units arrived. A ladder was extended down from below to help stabilize the car, while firefighters tied the vehicle to tow trucks with cables and chains. Every time we would move the car, said one of the rescuers, she would yell and scream. She was was in pain. It took almost two and a half hours for the woman to be pulled to safety. It was kind of funny, the L.A. County Fire uh, Captain Ross Marshall recalled later. She kept saying... I'll do it myself. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. That's kind of funny. <laughs> dangling by one wheel off a bridge and you're in pain. Just tell everybody, leave me alone, I can do it myself. <laughs> How often do we do that same thing uh, with the Lord? Well, self-reliance has its place in our children's lives, so we need to teach them to rely on others to help them through their lives knowing the fundamentally sinful nature of man um, to put too much reliance on even good people could be a mistake where then shall we place our ultimate dependence Subpoint point A we can rely on the person person of God the person of God Psalms 78 6 through 7
1: the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but
0: keep his commandments. God wants us to get to know him. In this passage, the psalmist Asaph teaches that we are to set our hope in God. We are not to forget the works of God. This man knew God and clearly taught that we need to lead our children to know God. In Judges chapter 2, we see the sad story of what happens when parents do not teach their children to know God. Judges 2, 7 through 12.
3: And And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel.
0: And Joshua, the son of Nun, The servant of the Lord died, being a hundred and ten years old. And they buried
2: him in the border of his inheritance, in timnath Theres in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill And also, And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel.
1: And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam they forsook the Lord God of their fathers which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them
0: and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger how did an entire generation arise among the people of God who did not even know God and did not know what he had done on their behalf it can only be because parents did not teach their children about the person of God the works of God. They failed to follow the edicts set forth in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 6 through 9.
3: And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart.
0: And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, uh, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up.
2: And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. Sorry. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thine house and on the gate, on thy gates.
0: In the Old Testament we see several times that the stones and pillars were set up as a memorial so people could remember the works of God. In Genesis 35, 13-14 we see Jacob setting up a pillar of stone and pouring an offering of ointment upon it to commemorate God's work at a place called Bethel. Joshua 4, 1-9, we see the setting up of piles of stone as a reminder to the children of Israel how God brought them over the Jordan on dry ground. These memorials pointed out uh, the greatness of God, of the God of Israel. Parents were to point their children to these memorials to remind them that they could rely on God. As uh, another illustration, uh, this, there was a group of men looking at uh, this bird's nest in a tree just outside of a balcony where they were standing. They decided they wanted to get some of the eggs out of the nest to see them. The tree was too far from for any of the men to reach down to grab, so they tried to think of a way to get it. A few minutes later, a small boy with his father passed by in front of the house. One of the men jumped up from his seat and said, Boy, if I give you some money, could you please come up here and help us get the eggs from a nest? We'll let you down with a rope and make sure that nothing happens to you. This must have been some interesting looking eggs. <laughs> the boy looked at his father then back at the men. He then replied, I'm sorry, but i only do it if my father holds the rope. The little boy knew that he could trust his father. He didn't know uh, the other men, so he didn't want them to hold the rope for him our reliance on god is determined by how much we know it our children's reliance upon god is determined the same way when we read the bible with our children we point to the memorials of what god has done through history we open the opportunity to talk about what god has done for us personally and we help our children to understand that they can rely on the same god we rely on Alright, so point B. We can rely on the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 15.
1: And from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise,
0: unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Deuteronomy 6, 7 commands parents to teach their children the words of God and to teach those words diligently. The word translated diligently in the original Hebrew and mean to sharpen uh, or wet or to pierce. Clearly, this requires effort on the parts of the parents. The word God's words were to be a constant topic of discussion in the home. God's word were to be written on the post and the gates of the house. God says his word will not return void, that is, it will be effectual. Isaiah 55, 10-11
1: for the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater.
3: So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto be void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent
0: it. The Bible is to be our foundation in all matters of both faith and practice. Jesus said that the wise man is one who builds his life on God's word. Matthew seven, twenty-four through 27, 24 says, Therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock.
2: And the rain descended and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not For it was founded upon a rock. And
3: everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand.
1: The rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it.
0: Paul reminded his son in the faith, Timothy, that he had been taught the scripture from his childhood, and that it was the scriptures that would make him wise. Second Timothy three fifteen. And that from a child there has known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The psalmist said that God's word was a lamp unto his feet and a light unto his path in Psalms Psalms 105
3: Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path.
0: Parents, your children will gain some of their most lasting impressions during their early years. What do you want those impressions to be? If you desire that your children walk in truth, it is imperative that you give them the truth early and consistently, and not only tell them, but live it before them. God's word is truth. On John seventeen seventeen and Psalms nineteen one forty two, Jesus said that He is way, the truth, and the life, John fourteen six. In a world where truth is relative, we must point our children to a truth that is unchanging the truth of the word of God. Parents have a tremendous responsibility to make sure that God's word becomes the engrafted word in the lives of their children. A successful graft will become an integral part of the tree. So God's word diligently taught to a young child will be effectual for a lifetime. So in conclusion, as parents... We have the responsibility to set the standards that we expect our children to live by to implement proper restraints to keep them from the grasp of satan and finally to teach them that god's word is always true and god's strength is always sufficient proverbs twenty nine fifteen teaches us that children left to themselves bring shame to their parents it is the parent's responsibility to be active diligent and prayerful in training of their children. Tim, so, do you wanna close us, close your
2: thoughts? Some just simple good, good ways to, to raise your children. Um, take them to heart, it's a hard job. It even states it, you know, there's some difficulties when you start to control some things in your kid's life and they don't like it. Ever. but um, I kind of look at it it's it's really a lot of what was said was preventative uh, things um, and that's the, the best thing and all always is to, to prevent something from happening and so it's just some good good solid uh, advice there to take the heart we'll constantly be looking you know with the, with the people that we have in church there's a lot of young children and, and, and raising so you know we'll constantly we'll go back to uh I'm trying to think what the name of the book was uh mm-hmm. homework making homework, making homework uh, which is a lot more detailed and things and uh so we'll, we'll go over that again at some some point in time here so uh, just some challenging challenging things let's pray father thank you for your word again and this difficult lesson through david and, and looking at uh, situations that followed there and uh, we've been talking a lot that, um, and uh, so they're there for our our learning, and uh, may we take heed to it, and, uh, and for those who have children, they're very young, I'm excited that uh, they're trying to pour the Word of God into them, and uh, at an early age, and, um, and so, Father, I just pray for strength for them as parents, Lord, uh, to raise them for you, for I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.